Hi, this is Mark Iskowitz, Editor-at-Large for MMM, and welcome to this special edition of the MMM Podcast. We hope you're all doing well under the circumstances. It's a special podcast today because I'm speaking with my good friend and colleague, Larry Dobrow, Executive Editor of, of MMM, and we're going to be talking about the Agency 100 issue. Hey, Larry, how you doing? Doing great. Uh, you know, long-time listener, first-time caller, right? <laughs> yes, yes. It's good to welcome you to the show. Great to be uh, here. It's going to be fun reuniting uh and it feels so good um but uh yeah wait everybody out there you're, you're probably saying to yourselves it's only mid-january why is mmm doing an agency preview podcast in january when the issue doesn't come out until june so you're right we usually do the a100 preview podcast um when the issue drops over the summer um and you know we explain all the content that was added and subtracted and we kind of do a look back at the process of, of how we arrived here and you know, where we did, what, why we did what we did. Uh, but today we're going to go a step further with this kind of preview to a preview where we devote a podcast to helping our audience kind of look ahead and prepare for the A100 season, which we, we all know and love. Um, so we'll get to that in a moment. First, uh, one little housekeeping item, as we usually do on, on the podcast. Uh, the healthcare marketer survey from MMM is now out in the field. If you're an agency, please ask your clients to fill it out. And if you're a client, please feel free to fill it out, whether you're on the pharma side or the med tech side. It's all about how your budgets changed last year, of course, in the extraordinary year that it was. And uh, so help us to uh, compile the most accurate uh, portrayal of uh, life science budgets out there. And that will, if all goes as planned, be hitting the issue in March. Uh, so that's it for the housekeeping. Let's get back to the podcast with Larry. Obviously, people have seen uh, on our website, we have a little bit of a kind of an esoteric trailer there um, that uh, kind of hints at a, at a movie theme. Uh, do you want to kind of explain that to our audience? Yeah. You know, last year we tried something a little bit different for the Agency 100. Um, previously, it had been around, OK, you know, agencies are supplying a bunch of creative work that's already been out in the world on behalf of clients. What we asked uh, agencies to do last year was come up with an album cover. Um, you know, if you guys were uh, appearing on some old school vinyl, you know, what would it look like? And we were blown away by the responses. Uh, not only were there homages to some of our favorite album covers, um, I was particularly fond of the one that was London Calling by The Clash, but there are also ones that could actually have been album covers. We were very impressed by the ingenuity and the humor with which everybody embraced the assignment. So this year, we're going movie trailers. We're going movie posters. Um, what we premiered on the web right before the break was a little quick trailer of a disaster movie around the Agency 100. The Agency 100 will not be a disaster, but we will be calling on you to come up with a movie poster of your own. We hope everybody embraces it with the same enthusiasm and vigor that uh, they did the album covers last year. So that's going to be this year's overarching theme. It's going to be MM&M goes to the movies. Awesome. And we look forward to uh, seeing more of that. And uh, yeah, my favorites, you know, uh, from last year's album covers, I like the Elton John cover. Yes. Uh, there was a Pink Floyd cover that was really good. I would have liked to see more, you know, from the Blue Note uh, portfolio, but uh, that's just my personal preference. Uh, anyway, <laughs> uh, speaking of history, um, t talk more about the you know historical backdrop uh, to the Agency 100. Sure. Uh, you know, the, the two of us have been working on this together for a good, um, I think this is going to be our seventh one of these together. And it's always sort of grounded us in a way. Up until last year, we published it in July. This year, we'll be publishing in June, and it'll be available digitally the first Monday in June. 
it's, it, it like sort of brings everybody together in a way. You know, we reach out to literally 175 agencies. Um, you know, we share a survey with anybody who wants one. Um, you want to do it by hand. You want to send it to us by carrier pigeon. We will accept it. Um, over the years, it's grown a little bit in complexity. First of all, there are more agencies um, with different and more diverse specialties. Um, you know, we weren't talking too much about data when we were doing this six or seven years ago. It was almost an inside joke among everyone at MM&M in that people would be like, well, you know, I think all work needs to have a digital component. A couple of years after that, that seems fairly laughable. I think it was maybe four or five years ago, we introduced our agency 100 revenue table. And on one hand, that made our job a little more difficult because we do understand that certain agencies can't share specific revenue numbers due to Sarbanes-Oxley and any number of other excuses that they uh, invent. invent. <laughs> on the other hand, you know, it's given us a research component uh, to it that I think is really valuable to the agency. Um, you know, since we published last year's Agency 100, we've heard from literally three top 10 pharma companies asking us for access to our data set. So we think the information we're providing is valuable and that's what we'll do again this year. It's gonna be the agency issue um, redux, but it's also going to be uh, more and um, it's gonna cover the agency world's response to COVID as well. I'm pleased to see uh, the, the demand out there for the data. To, to my knowledge, um, we're the only ones kind of compiling it at, at the depth uh, that, 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 it's, that we do it, you know, in terms of drilling down into the healthcare marketing sector with all of the agencies, North American agencies, at least uh, revenue for 2020 will compare to 2019. Uh, we, we compile staff counts. I know you prefer the term staff count rather than head count. I should cut you off right there. That's actually the biggest development for this year. Um, we have changed our style guide so that headcount is no longer one word, and I will actually use it again. So you know, you can say staff size, you can say headcount. We're going to be uh, we're going to be much more flexible this year. I know that affects everybody else's lives as much as it affects mine. So very important. Yes, in a year, you know, when, when nothing else is going on, these uh, grammatical changes are, are so significant. Thank you for mentioning that. But I, I do want to put in one other, you know, plug or just kind of a helpful reminder that everybody should register for the site because that's the kind of the trend is that we're putting more things behind a, a firewall of sorts where you'll have to enter your email address uh, or log into the site in order to access it all. So now would be a good time or any time in the next, you know, few months so that you get uninterrupted access once it all drops on June 1 or, or, or thereabouts. But no, it is, it is great to, or interesting to look back and see how it all kind of evolved from just kind of a portfolio of work. And the primary goal was to, uh, as you know, our, our good friend and colleague James Chase had kind of spelled it out, showing uh, pharma the differences amongst agencies and teasing that out, you know, what, what otherwise appears to be a very homogenous kind of industry by allowing every agency to, to express themselves in, in the profile. And we've kind of, now that we've come, you know, up to the year 2021, we're doing that in more in, in different ways, but that's still, that's still the guiding force is to help readers see the differences amongst agencies and you just have, having fun with, with the project. You know, I, I think that's one thing that, you know, maybe we do better now than we did a couple of years ago um, to provide that layer of differentiation. Um, you know, agencies are all different. Certainly there are cultural differences internally, but externally, the way agencies present themselves to the world, the way agencies go about procurement and every other aspect of their business is so different. And hopefully with the Agency 100, we shine a light on that. I think it's, a, you know, from, from my humble perspective, uh, doing a service uh, to, to the industry. 
Um, let's just segue into, uh, you know, some of the things out there that, that folks in agency land need to be aware of now that we're formally kicking off the A100 season and, you know, let, let it begin today. What do you want people out there to, to keep, keep an eye out for, Larry? Well, uh, today, um, we're taping this on Tuesday the 12th, but today being Wednesday the 13th out in podcast land, uh, we will be debuting the survey. Um, we'll send it out to everybody in our agency database which I have done my best to update um, since uh, last year's agency issue, but I'm sure there will be one or two email bounce backs. Um, to accommodate for that, there will be a news story. It will be out via our uh, myriad social media channels. Um, we will make sure everybody hears about this. Um, the deadline for the survey, we don't have a date fixed just yet. We want to check the calendar and make sure we allow everybody a lot of time, but it'll be at least seven or eight weeks. Uh, right now we're looking at probably March 12th to March 15th, somewhere in that neighborhood. Survey itself, I'd say allow 20 minutes to fill it out. Um, if you have a lot of information right in front of you, maybe you take a look at the survey early, compile the information, and then um, you know when you have it in front of you, fill it out that way but it's not any more comprehensive than it was in years past. Uh, we have added some questions that relate to new capabilities like user experience. We've added a couple questions as they relate to agency world experience during the pandemic. But beyond that, it's largely the same survey. We'll be asking largely for the same information, which of course is pretty much clients, revenue, headcount, slash staff size, and uh, everything that comes with it. It's uh I mean, listen, it's a, it's a fun project to put together, but it's a, and we do appreciate that we're asking you for a lot of information, but hopefully we're making it as easy as possible, not just to be a part of this, but also to share with us what we need to do this thing, right? Absolutely. And, and that is the, the key, you know, way to get into the A100. If you're wondering, you know, if you're, if you're an agency that's new to, to the A100 universe, filling out the survey is sort of the gateway to, to getting in the A100. You know, once you, you fill it out, Larry has a look at it. We discuss things as, as an editorial staff. And, you know, if your revenue qualifies you to be in and everything else checks out, welcome aboard. Uh, but, but it all starts with that survey. So uh, keep an eye out for that. And that's a nice segue to, you know, common questions. You know, I, as, as well as you do, Larry, you know, throughout the year, we get questions, you know, when are we going to hear about the A100? You know, when does the survey go out? So you're on notice, so to speak. It, it's going out today, the 13th of January. What are some of the other FAQs, though, that you hear a lot, Larry? Well, I think the main one is, well, you know, we have a policy of not sharing our revenue or our clients. And, you know, we totally understand that, you know, we know that there are sensitivities, we know that there's certain work that clients will, you know, contractually mandate not be discussed or submit for awards, submit consideration or anything like that. That said, um, it's an excuse that people fall back on far more often than, you know, we believe that they need to. Certainly, that's not a determining factor. If you're unable to share anything about your agency revenue or clients or everything else, we certainly understand. At the same time, it's kind of hard to write anything interesting about a company that won't share such fundamental information. You know, every agency to a certain extent thinks its culture is unique. I don't want to dump on anyone, but, you know, the, those differences are not enough to fuel a, you know, 500, 600 word editorial profile. So really, the more you can share with us, the better you're going to look. Certainly, it makes our job easier on one hand, but really, it's about making you look good. And you know, given where this thing goes out to, I think everybody should probably want as much information out there as possible. I am speaking as a journalist and not as a business owner. So you know, 
accept that caveat for what you will, but um, that's generally how we uh, go into this thing. And uh, those surveys, once they're filled out, go right into the hands of the journalists, the reporters, the staffers, uh, as well as the freelancers who are going to be writing your uh, profile. So you want to try to complete it to the best of your ability. Um, and don't just tell us you're unique, as, as, as Larry said, but but show us. And obviously the interview is, is a way to do that. What if a company is okay sharing their revenue, uh, but they want to restate uh, their 2019 revenue? Um, give us a good reason. You know, um, we've had incidents in the past where there was some confusion around what needed to be reported, whether it was including revenue out from outside the United States, North America, or anything like that. Um, you know, mistakes are made. Sometimes somebody who's filling out a form is no longer there. So the information that the new person has access to is different from the information the old person has access to. We get it. It's not a foolproof process. Just explain yourself. Mm-hmm. Explain yourself makes me sound like I'm some, you know, heavy on a cop show or something, which I am very much not. But um, you know, the more information you can give us, a clear, transparent explanation, you know, pretty much uh, should solve any dilemma that we have. Yes, we, we are reasonable guys. Then important deadlines, as, as you mentioned, you know, we'll be probably looking to close up the survey around March 12th to the 15th. And then the interviews will, will begin thereafter. A common question I've, I've heard is, can I have the same reporter interview me this year? We usually try to vary it up uh, year on year. There are exceptions to that. We, we do hear requests. Uh, so if, if that's something that you would like, you know, let, let us know. How should people prep for the interview? Um, well, actually, I'd like to go back to what you just said about requests. Um, really, <laughs> um, and this is not up to being contrary, but if, you know, somebody says, hey, I want that person to write about us again. That's almost always an instance in which they will receive another reporter simply for the sake of what Mark just said. Um, we think the varying perspectives help. Um, we think the varying, you know, what one person hears and asks during an interview is going to be very different from what another reporter hears and asks during an interview. So um, in almost every instance, I mean, there will certainly be exceptions, but in almost every instance, um, someone different will write about you uh, this year um, than did last year. In terms of the interview itself, um, we'll probably choose our top 100 agencies, you know, each of which get in a separate editorially written file right around the time when surveys are due. So it's always better to get those in earlier than later. Once that happens, uh, the, per, the contact person on the survey will be you know, contacted by our reporter. Set up an interview. I've had agency 100 interviews that have lasted for 25 minutes. I have had ones that have gone over an hour. I've had ones with one person and I've had one with, I think last year we set a record with seven people being a part of it. It is very hard to get seven people quoted in a story that in some instances might only be 500 words, but, you know, we'll give it our best shot. The sweet spot for us is probably one person, maybe two tops. But if you feel that there are more people that should be in on it, hey, you know, the more the merrier, you know, we're not going to turn anybody away. In terms of the types of questions you can expect during the interview, it's largely look back slash look forward. What were some of the challenges during 2020? I expect this year there might be some commonality around the responses to that. But, um, you know, the challenges of 2020 and especially, you know, lockdown, COVID and the industry being in a very different place than it was in years past that's going to be the meat of the interview this year. Beyond that, we're going to talk about the response slash recovery. Um, what do you expect for the rest of 2021? Where do you hope your business is going to be at the end of 2021? We'll probably ask about acquisitions, if there were any, client additions, client losses, um, maybe single out a piece or two of client work that you're particularly proud of and um, particularly proud of what it says about your agency and its increasing capabilities. So they can be pretty wide ranging, but 
that's mostly what uh, what will be focused on. I don't, I don't think there are going to be too many curveballs during these calls. Right. It, it's all stuff that you know any agency CEO or president you know deals with day in and day out because they all you know live and breathe their business, and so it's just kind of a natural extension. You know, tell us about the year and your hopes and aspirations. You know, whether they came true and. Uh, but, you know, last year, I remember as, as COVID was, was hitting and we were kind of settling into the realization that this is going away anytime soon, we realized that every profile had to at least kind of make mention of it and, and acknowledge it and how the agency was dealing with it. How do you kind of see that playing out this year? And how will you look, you know, as the, as the person who does such a masterful job of orchestrating this whole thing from an editorial perspective, that they all kind of don't look alike in that regard? Um I mean, I would be stunned if this is not something that would come up organically during a conversation. Last year, we started you know, doing the interviews for the profiles around you know, mid-March, right around the time when we realized, wait a second, this thing is quite a bit more than a lot of us expected it to be, even a couple weeks previously. So um, we asked every one of our reporters, hey, you know, make sure that you have a little component of that within the story. And I think it would have come up anyway. Um, this year, I don't think there's any way around it, but I know from the conversations that we've been having with agency people and obviously people outside agencies over the last nine months that no two companies, no two people's experience has been similar with uh, COVID. You know, you almost start off in a way with the question like, hey, are you okay? <laughs> you know, we, we want to get that human side of the response in there. Um, it's easy to chronicle, okay, you know, on March 15th of last year, we called every one of our clients. We put into effect IT procedures to make sure that our databases were accessible, all that stuff. That's fine, but it's kind of clinical. Talk a little bit about the the, the human aspect of it. I think that is uh, one of the things that agencies did really well, largely over the last year. Um, there was a humanity and an empathy that shone through. And um, I think you're going to see a pretty good retention rates um, you know, as a, as a result of that. People really feel at home. So that's a long way of saying, like, yes, we'll address it, and we hope to be able to highlight the human response to it. That's that's a great point. I mean, a lot of us, you know, uh, were eager to kind of write off 2020, you know, and then say sayonara to what was um, such a monumentally sad year in many ways. But that was one of the good things that came out of it. I, I agree with you that it really increased our humanity collectively and um, forced us, if you will, to forge more of a connection with these people that we deal with and we cover, quote unquote, uh, but to get to know them more as people, to feel more comfortable getting to those people, I think, and hopefully vice versa. And it, it'll come through in a, in a different way. I agree. Um, just just naturally. You know, how, how about we finish off kind of with a question about how things are other things that may be changing this year in the, the way the, the final print and online uh, product are, are going to look? Yeah, um, I, I, I know the digital product last year took a very big step forward. Uh, traditionally, we had a very large agency directory in the back of the Agency 100 print edition that was, boy, 30, 40 pages long and contained pretty much every piece of information that was shared in the uh, surveys. There's not the appetite for that in print that there used to be. However, there is a very large appetite for that in the digital world. So um, I think more of the directory content will continue to transition over to digital. Um, some of it will be will come with premium options. Uh, some of it will not. But for the most part, there's going to be a lot more of a digital presentation. Um, we're going to showcase the aforementioned movie posters, both in print and digitally. We're going to have a lot of video. Um, we don't want to spoil any surprises, but 
should be some pretty fun stuff for uh, people who are brave enough to uh, want to participate in it. And uh, what, what, what's great about this product is, you know, now that it's become primarily a digital play is that it's, it's kind of a living, breathing thing. I mean, certainly we're not going to change any of the core content after it's published, but there is a way to, you know, add a, add a premium product after the fact, add a video after the fact, anything along those lines. So it's going to be, it's, it should be pretty fun. I mean, for the amount of work we put into it, it's, it's good that we can make it fun to a certain extent. And, uh, Hey, you know, we like having those conversations. Y'all are a nice bunch of people. And, you know, most of you have a very good sense of humor and really we're only down to about like, you know, 5% of you yelling at me on an, an annual basis for the agency 100. So that's a big improvement over years past. And, uh, thank you for that. <laughs> You're down to five. I'm, I'm still uh, in double digits. Uh, but um, I'm also looking forward to uh, how it improves this year. It's constantly improving in terms of the final output. I think our website is, is due for a change this year, and I, I'm hoping that that's in play uh, by the time this comes out. So it's going to look awesome uh, from, from that perspective. You know, the print magazine, you know, always you know, it looks great under the art direction of Sean Ayling and Steve Madden, our editor-in-chief, has really embraced this endeavor again in, in trying to you know help agencies put their best foot forward and then providing them a vehicle to do that um i think he's he's done a great job as well there again reg, you want to register now uh as because as you said larry the the trend is that more is going behind that that sort of uh freemium wall i'm usually not not a guy who um, likes to talk a lot a bit about the commercial side but i really like the way the um the agency gallery the agency showcase kind of uh, evolved from something that was very um, kind of just looked like an online version of print, you know, which yeah. which any kind of UX guy or digital guy will tell you is verboten, to something that's truly interactive uh, and is really a lot of fun to to play around with. It's kind of a, a neat little digital playground if you haven't checked it out yet. Um, it, it's it's on it's on our site and it gives agencies a nice way to to bring out what makes them unique. Um, and there'll be more opportunities for that, as as Larry said, you'll be asked to play director, you know. Um, Brian De Palma, Steven Soderbergh, um, Werner Herzog, you know, take your pick and create your own, you know, movie uh, video, which would be really cool. That's, that's about it. I, I think we should call it there. What do you think? Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, we're, we're looking forward to talking to you. We're looking forward to seeing some of your work from the past year, especially stuff that hasn't been submitted to us for award consideration or anything else. And, uh, you know, we're looking forward to putting this together. It's, uh, it's a labor of love. It's going to dominate many of our waking hours uh, through the next couple months. And uh, we're glad you'll be along for the ride. Absolutely. I, I, I enjoy this time of year as hard as it, as it is. But we all have our little stories and memories of editing pages on the way back from a cab from Cannes, you know, one <laughs> year. It's, it's a labor of love, as you said, Larry. So we're going to call it there. You know, thank you for listening, everybody. If you like this podcast, please give us a thumbs up and even better, subscribe to the channel and help others discover the show. That'll do it for another episode of the MMM podcast. Take care, everybody. Mm-hmm.